Hello, and welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser podcast. I'm Monica Van Deventer. Let me tell you a little bit about the tribe we're building here at Major Gifts Fundraiser. We're working with people like you who want to be among the very best in this field. You want to accomplish great things. You want to challenge yourself. You want to grow, and you are up for going on a journey because you know a journey is what it takes to become the very best version of yourself. You're listening to this podcast because you know that in order to be a great fundraiser, you have to spend time thinking about how you'll be a great fundraiser. You can learn more about our new online training programs at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. And without further ado, here's Clark. Buenos dias, mis amigos. Hey, Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts fundraiser and yes i am finally doing it i am finally launching a new season of the podcast <laughs> all right it's been a while and i've gotta say yeah like i i've missed shouting buenos dias into the mic but i'm back i i can't believe it i can't believe it's been almost a year and a half since my last episode and i get emails from people listening to the podcast and i'm always like hey like, I'm going to be back. I'm going to get back to it. But seriously, I can't believe I've been saying that for a year and a half. And we've been super busy. Um, but here's what I like about the podcast. The podcast is just me getting on and talking. It's my authentic self. Like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I have thought about this stuff a lot. I've taken the time to prepare some pretty disciplined talks on donor development. Like I have this task, right? Like Clark, like someone calls me, Clark, we'd like you to come speak at this conference and we have three days of presenters and you've got eight hours. And I'm like, okay, eight hours, right? What do I want to say? What do I want to communicate? What's the journey I want to go on with the participants? And I've gone to conferences like that right? And and sometimes they're like, Clark, you have half an hour. This happened to me earlier this year. It was a retreat for college presidents. There were some big time people there. And the presentations, they were limited. And every speaker at that conference was limited to 30 minutes. And some of these people, they were big time. And I was like, okay, 30 minutes. What do I want to say? And I did something at that conference I never do. I wrote out my speech word for word. I practiced it and I timed it because I wanted to honor these people with that discipline. But the podcast, this, like, this is just us talking. This is you and me in the car on your drive home or on a run together. Maybe you're on your commute or on a treadmill. And it's just us talking, relaxed, at the end of the day. Two development professionals who are trying to make a difference in this world. Two development professionals who take craft seriously. We want to hone our craft. We want to do better. We want to be better. And we are reaching for the best versions of ourselves. And we are just hanging out. So, yeah, like, thanks for hanging out with me. 
So we are on the brink of launching two new programs at Major Gifts Fundraiser that I am so excited to share with you. Okay, so here's, um, like, there's this thing I love about Walt Disney. Um, oh, okay, there's a lot of things I love about Walt Disney. But there's this one thing that has always really resonated with me. It was his excitement about opening Disneyland, which he said would never be finished. It would be ever-changing, ever-growing. And he talked about how frustrated he was to make a movie, and the movie was done, right? Like, the movie's done. Like, can't change it. Like, he keeps growing. His company keeps growing. But the movie, it's there. So he talked about Snow White, right? And, like, he loves Snow White. Snow White's great. Fantastic, right? Classic. Like, but when he first released Snow White, it was the best thing they could do. It was the best version of himself. But then like five years later, he saw all these things he would have done better. But like, you can't change it. It is what it is. And that's what excited him about Disneyland. Like, like ever changing, ever growing. So yeah, now our, our company, Major Guest Fundraiser, we have some new stuff for you. Because over the last few years, we've had the Major Gifts Fundraiser Masterclass. But I've been looking at it and saying, we could do better. And so we are now on the brink of releasing two new programs. One is the Noble Call of Fundraising. That's what it's called, the Noble Call of Fundraising. The second is Peak Performance Fundraising. And we've worked with some people to produce these programs who have helped us reach higher and achieve something more beautiful than we could have ever done on our own. And in this episode, today I'm going to talk with you about the noble call of fundraising. Because I want you, you, like the fundraiser, to understand that you have a noble call. A lot of fundraisers, I think, I think they feel a sense of self-consciousness. They feel a little left out. Like they are raising money so that someone else can do good work. They wish they were doing good work. They wish that they were involved in life-changing and world-changing work. But all they're doing is handling a transaction. All they're doing is begging for money, and all the donor is doing is merely writing them a check. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I am so pumped right now because I realize how much I have thought about this and processed this over the last year, last year and a half. Well, I've not been podcasting. I've been thinking, and I realize how much I haven't shared like, I haven't shared any of this here on the podcast. But we're getting into a new vein here. I was recently talking with someone, a friend, who has a lot of experience giving. Like, he's, he's made a lot of money in his life, and he's given away a lot of money in his life. And there's need everywhere. This is what my friend was talking about. There's need everywhere. Whether the need is material or physical or emotional or spiritual, 
there's just need. And he's like, Clark, we live in an impoverished world. And my heart is broken. Seriously, like the longer I'm exposed to this brokenness, the more I look at it. Like, I mean, really look at it and seek to connect with it and to identify with it, the more I hurt. Like, it would be easier to not look. It'd be easier to just scroll on Facebook. And my friend said that the deeper he gets into this, dealing with poverty, whether, by the way, that poverty is internal or external, that the more he realizes we are giving to save ourselves, Like this is someone who is rich and he's giving away millions of dollars. And he's like, I am giving money to save myself. And he says that the materially rich show up thinking that we need to do some saving only to find out that it is we ourselves who need to be saved. And I remember this conversation so vividly. Right. He, he's like, we think we're rich, whether that ri- that richness is material or spiritual or psychological or whatever. <clears throat> we think we're rich and we we show up thinking that we need to do some saving only to find out that it is we ourselves who need to be saved. And he said that he's like talking and I can hear like in my mind this poem by the English poet John Doan. All right, and I'm into this kind of stuff. I don't know. I hear people talk and I hear poems <laughs> and music. I hear ly- musical lyrics in my head. And I hear this poem by the English poet John Doan in my head. No man is an island entire of himself. Each is a piece of the continent a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thine own or of thine friends were. Each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, sin not to know for whom the bell tolls, for it tolls for thee. Right? Like, listen to that. No man is an island entire of himself. Each is a piece of the continent. I love this. Like, each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore, sin not to know for whom the bell tolls, for it tolls for thee. Like if there is poverty, if there is suffering, if there is injustice in this world, that's my poverty, my suffering, my injustice. If there's poverty, whether that poverty is spiritual or psychological or emotional, that's my poverty. If people don't have access to education or health care, that makes me poorer. Because we are all connected 
And I want to live. This is the kind of world I want to live in, people. I want to live in a world where everyone thrives and reaches their full potential. So the noble call of fundraising. The noble call is that we are connecting people to life-changing and world-changing work. We are handling a transaction. Okay. Now, in our industry, in this nonprofit space, we fundraisers, we like to talk about transformational gifts. All right. We don't want to merely handle transactions. And so the buzz term is transformational giving. But we are handling a transaction. But it's far more powerful than a mere transfer of funds. We are transferring life energy. The donor has spent their life acquiring wealth. They've likely done a good number of other things with their life energy, but yes, like they've acquired wealth. And now they want to transfer some of that wealth into something different, a cause, life-changing and world-changing work. Like It's like a money exchange window at the airport. You land in London. You have U.S. dollars in your pocket, and you want to exchange those dollars for British pounds. So there's a transfer. There's an exchange, a transaction. As a fundraiser, you handle that same kind of transaction, right? Like they have dollars. They want to transfer them into mission, vision, values. And you are doing it as a life coach to your donor, not as someone begging for money. This happens to be the most effective form of fundraising. It raises more money, but that's not the point. It's not about the money. Now, this is where you expect me to say, (laughs) I know what you expect me to say, All right. Like if you've gotten some good fundraising training, you've heard it. It's not about the money. It's about the relationship. But it's not about the relationship. The relationship is not the point. (laughs) I'm meeting with my donor. Can you imagine this? The donor says, why are we here? And I say, the relationship. (laughs) No, the relationship is not the point. The relationship is not central. Like with my wife, the relationship is not the central thing. We must be oriented toward something. The French writer Antoine de saint Oxbury. I told you, I always think about stuff. I, I love literature. I love music, poetry. <clears throat> Antoine de saint Oxbury, who wrote The Little Prince, who, by the way, lived or spent some time, at least, in the same town that I lived a year and a half of my life in Panahachel, Guatemala. Antoine de Saint-Oxbury wrote that love does not consist in merely gazing at one another, but in looking forward together in the same direction. So my donor and I, we are not merely gazing at one another. (laughs) Can you imagine? My donor and I gazing at one another. No, like we are looking forward in the same direction. We are in a relationship, but the relationship is not the point. It's not the center. And the center is not education or scholarships or buildings 
or access to clean water or healthcare or protection for the trafficked or a new program and it's not endowment. The center is not even mission or vision. It's about stepping into the life calling that each of us has, becoming who we were born to be, doing the work we were born to do. And you and your donor are in a relationship doing that together. And this is the job you have. You're a fundraiser. Right? This is the job you have. This is the noble call. Your spouse should be proud of what you do. Your parents should be proud. You should be proud. Okay, I like seriously, I am trying to tweak your perspective. Let me use a bolder word. Like it's not just a tweak, it's a it's a shift. It's like a paradigm shift. I think the way we view our work is the most important thing about our work. What's our starting point? Do you view your donor like an ATM machine and you just need to find the right buttons to push so it'll spit out cash? Or are you in a relationship on a journey together, serving your donor, acting as a life coach to help your donor become the best version of themselves? Not that giving you money makes them a better person. But are you going with them on a journey? Are you serving yourself or are you serving your donor? This this is an important starting point. I often say as fundraisers, we need to focus less on what we do and more on who we are. So who are you? What's your starting point? Okay, if you have struggled with this question, if you have struggled with this question and you have like come to some stuff, like you, yeah, you've thought about it and you have some stuff to share, like I would just love to hear from you. Or if what I am talking about here is rocking your world, would also love to hear from you. So shoot me an email. The email is Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. All right. That's all I got for you today. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Adios. All right, Monica here again. If you like what you heard on this podcast, you'll love our online training programs. You can complete our online training programs at your own pace and you can watch or listen to them from any device. And unlike that last conference you attended, the challenge questions and action steps that come with each of our modules will give you concrete things you can do today to level up as a fundraiser. You'll raise more money than ever before by developing deeper donor relationships than you ever thought possible. So head over to majorgiftsfundraiser.com to buy now. Thanks for listening.